All right, guys. Titles. I'll start. Totally bussing. The wood fears him. Wave and smile. I am stupid. <laughs> I might have to isolate that. <laughs> Leaked into Maine. Brown noise. So sweet and snazzy. Allergic to handcuffs. Stop the poops. Shocked by reason. We are that noise. Janet Reno. Hmm. All right. So let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know... Fuck it. You've been warned. Welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm you. I'm Corpse. And I'm Kevin. Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, I have something that has me pretty excited. Uh, it's going to be kind of for next week as well. So um, this week, um, we decided we were going to eat really, really healthy for the first few days because we went to New Jersey over the weekend, um, like you know, Paul, and um, ate a lot of really, really good food that was not the best food in the world for us. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? I, I did smoothies for breakfast and lunch the first two days. We did salads like sausage uh, and salad uh, Monday night and I decided on uh, we were going to do chicken, uh, chicken breasts and salad on a Tuesday. So I fire up the grill, have it going. I'm in the house puttering around, go outside and find that my grill is completely on fire. Like Ooh. there is fire coming out of around the box. Just Yeah, I've been there. Now, now I, I haven't put any food on yet. This was just heating up. When I open it up, the actual grill grates are on fire. It was insane. I've never seen anything like that. So um, I, I did manage to get it put out. I had to fight with it and change uh, tanks a couple times and managed to cook our food. But, you know, I, I've been thinking about this anyway, and I finally went and pulled the trigger, and I ordered a pellet grill uh, from, from Z Grills. And I've been waiting on um, a model that had the door to open so that you could have the direct fire access for searing. 
and I finally found what I was looking for at a price that I thought was reasonable. And uh, it's going to be here somewhere between Tuesday and next Thursday. But I got to say, I am super excited about this. And Kevin awesome. looks like he might have something to say about pellet grills. Love them. I'll never go back. I went from charcoal to pellet, and I'll never, never go back. What brand do you use? I have a um, Pit Boss. Okay. That's one of the ones I was looking at as well. Uh, the reason I ended up going with Z Grills was just because they, um, they used to make Traeger's grills for them. And decide and Traeger is like you know one of the top names in pellet grills, and they decided they wanted to start selling them themselves because obviously they make more money that way. Um, so it, it's basically you know it's a lot of the designs of a Traeger at about half the price. Nice. We'll see how it holds up. That's cool. That's cool. There, I mean, they're a lot of fun. I mean, you can you can do all sorts of fun stuff with them. Um, you got a you got a searing option on yours, so that's about the only thing that you haven't been able to do with a pellet grill up to this point. You know, you know, typically have a you know, a gas grill or an electric grill or something on the side to do the searing with. But it sounds like you get it all figured out. That's pretty cool. Hope so. Yeah. I uh, I kind of think about these things because, you know, my outdoor kitchen has to be complete. It's never like, oh, well, it'd be better if it's seared. No, we're not fucking doing this unless no. I have everything right there on day one. That's cool. Nothing, the flavor, nothing like it. You know, the wood is, I mean, I always like the charcoal, but the wood is just so much better. Yeah, well, I, I like cooking with wood i mean i have used i've had wood smokers and you know stick burners and things like that but they're always such a pain in the ass you know and it's as i get older i'm like you know what i don't care <laughs> if like the young hip people you know think i'm i'm lazy or, or i suck you know what aaron fucking franklin does nothing but barbecue he can throw wood at a grill and tell it to stay at the right temperature for six hours and it will because it's scared of him okay i i don't i don't have that I just want to put some food in there and, you know, get it to smoke or cook and have it come out decent and enjoy myself before I die of a heart attack. <laughs> goals. I have goals. Yeah, goals. That's, that's good. That's good. You got the right kind of goals, I think. <laughs> but, I um, mean, that's what's got me excited. I am curious if I know what has Corbs excited this week, though. All right. Well, for me... Mine goes back to, to last week. So, um, as you guys know, uh, I'm an avid golfer. On Monday, I, uh, I played in a golf tournament with the guys that I played golf with. Um, it was for ClearPath, which supports veterans. And this was a tournament for veterans. Okay. So, that in itself was very special to the, the four of us because – my two friends, Mark and Sean, both served. One was in the Marine, one was in the Army. Um, so we um, decided we were going to play in this tournament for the two of them. Um, they got us into it. Sean got us into it. So um, we went on Monday. It was me and Sean and Mark is the other guy that served in, my buddy Justin. We all played. And uh, <laughs> we actually won the tournament. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. So it was uh, – it was at the Pompey Country Club up in Pompey, so it's a private course, another private course that I got to play on. Um, is, yeah, is that, in, yeah. Is, that a, is that in Pompey? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, it was very nice. It was a nice tournament, uh, nice people. You know, we got to, to meet a lot of nice people there. Um, like I said, I ended up winning the tournament. We finished eight under. We tied – there were three groups at eight under, but we had the first – the way it goes, you have the first hole that – you don't tie somebody on. So the first hole you get a better score than the 
behind you is the winning team. So we actually, that's how we ended up winning the whole tournament. So, nice. um, but like I said, great people. Food was fantastic. They had a steak dinner at the end. Um, so it was just a, it's a really good time and it was a really good um, cause. And uh, we're going to go back next year and, and play again. So, so it's, like I said, it's for, it's for the veterans. So everybody who served, Kevin, I know you served. So again, it's uh something that we find very, very special, obviously, because my buddies, both my buddies served and it's something that we, uh, we enjoyed a great deal. So we're going to go back and do it again next year. So. Nice. Now the big question is, um, did you get your gold jacket? No, I didn't get a green jacket either. <laughs> What's uh, the gold jacket? How did I screw that? The tour championship from Happy Gilmore. Okay, that's why, because I just watched that two weeks ago. <laughs> the green jacket is the one you win for the Masters every year in real life. You should have got a camouflage jacket. <laughs> Ooh. I go. was definitely wrong. I thought what had you excited this week might have been, um, I saw that uh, MLB The Show just released some sort of Field of Dreams DLC. Either it's it's coming or it yeah. dropped today or something. I, I didn't look into the details, but I'm guessing you get to play on that field. That would be nice. And the other, other thing that's got me geeked is tomorrow night, the White Sox and the Yankees are playing at the Field of Dreams. Nice. What? Yeah. It's going to be on, it's going to be on Fox. That's what that was? I that's saw something about that. Yeah. They're going oh, to they're yeah. be playing there, so... What time? Eight o'clock on Fox. All right, I'll be home from uh, from Warrior I practice. Totally got to see that. I got to see yeah. that. Mm -hmm. yep. So they and they they built the stadiums. It's not like the actual field that they that's they actually built the stadium for them to play at. They're gonna they're gonna try to do this every single year. That's oh, cool. So. Two teams play there every year. This year it's the Yankees and the and the White Sox. The White Sox are going with their old school uniforms. They tweak them a little bit so oh man yeah, it's gonna be pretty nice so yeah i'll be good watching the watching the game tomorrow when i'm you know i'll watch it a little bit because tomorrow's date night with with kelly so but when we go to dinner it'll, it'll be on and then when i get home i'll finish watching it so i've been actually pretty stoked because the white Sox have been on in the past week they've been on four times nice so i've been able to watch them I, when they're on i try to watch them as much as i can they were on sunday night baseball they were on monday night and uh, I watched both games, and then uh, they're going to be on on Thursday, so be on watching it then too. So, and we wear black socks. Is that racist? That's actually the name of the 1919 team. Their nickname the, was the, the black Criminals. Sox. Yeah, I yes, didn't know that. Criminals. And the reason, you know, the reason why they're called the Black Sox, Paul? Because they wore black socks. No. Don't you don't know? Was that the because they were tainted with the whole scandal? Nope. No, they <laughs> – so their owner at the time, Charles Comiskey, charged the team to wash their uniforms. Okay. So the players, in a fit of mutiny, decided they weren't going to wash their uniforms. No. So they played with dirty uniforms all years. So they got labeled with the Black Sox because of it. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. So it, it – it, Correlates to them, you know, being banned and all that stuff. But that's the actual real reason they're called the Black Sox. It's not because they were they put a black eye on baseball and all that stuff. It's because he was charging. He charged them for everything. I mean, that's the reason, and that's the main reason why these guys decided to do to do that. He made promises to these guys, like um, the main pitcher for the White Sox at the time, Eddie Seacott. If he won thirty games, he got a ten thousand dollar bonus. 
which back then was huge. Which yeah. back then was huge. And Charles Kaminsky demanded that he sit for two weeks. They didn't pitch him for two straight weeks, and he missed four starts, and he finished with 29 wins. Bullshit. Yep. Oh, yeah. So they were, everybody was like, well, that's, that's bullshit. Why would you do that to them? Um, some of the guys were underpaid. <clears throat> some of the guys were just, they were just like, well, we're going to do this because fuck everybody else. A lot of the guys got kind of got roped in. I mean, obviously, my favorite player is Joe Jackson. He was just – he was illiterate. He didn't understand a lot of stuff. So, he got roped in because he – they basically made him feel guilty about not doing it. Gotcha. So, peer pressure. Peer pressure. At that, and at, at that time, I mean, he was very illiterate. He didn't sign his own contracts. His wife had to read his contracts for him and, and have help him sign it. Um, so, it, you know – Again, I've done a lot of research on the whole stuff, so I know a lot more than most people. And every year, I don't know if you notice, but every year people will talk about Pete Rose being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I always post the same comment, well, if Pete Rose is going to get inducted, and I don't think Pete Rose shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. The man is the hit king, mm-hmm. 4,000 hits, he does deserve to be there, but if you put him in there, you got to put Joe Jackson. Right, opens it back up. Yep. And I, I found out, I was watching a TV show called Backstory on ESPN, about Joe Jackson and Pete Rose. They're now linked together because of the whole being banned for life. I didn't know this, but when Pete Rose got banned back in, it was 89, something like that, 88, 89, somewhere around there. Two weeks two weeks before he got investigated, they were going to reinstate Joe Jackson. Really? Yeah. It was pretty wild. I was watching this whole backstory about it, and I was like, wow. And then – the moment they started investigating him, they put that in the back burners. And when he got jammed up, they said no. Right. And now they won't. Neither one of them will be allowed in. Yeah. Bullshit. So, yep. So it's pretty wild. I'm done. All right. And that's your sport le- sports sports history lesson for the week. Yes. Yeah. There'll be more next week. I learned something. Make premises you won't keep. (laughs) (laughs) Kev. Me? Uh, No. uh, What's got me geeked? I'm just winding down from our big long trip. Almost 1,800 miles uh, we did on the motorcycles um, out to Maine and back. Um, Eight eight days, I think it was, and worked out to be an average of 220 some miles. On the, on the machines. We didn't ride every day. Um, we got out to Maine, spent a couple of days in Winter Harbor. Um, and I got a chance to get down into Skudik, uh, Skudik Point, which is um, off of Winter Harbor. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, you go out into the, towards the ocean and, and it's off of Winter Harbor. Winter Harbor is just north along the coast of Maine from Bar Harbor. So I think, honestly, I think you can swim from Bar Harbor to Winter, Winter Harbor faster than you can drive because you got to go all the way to the mainland, all the way around, and it's, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but you get on the Scudic point, point, and the, 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 the drive through there is just as scenic and just as nice as Acadia Park, you know, over off of Bar Harbor. And it's, it is part of Acadia National Park, but um, the, the part that everybody thinks of is the part around Bar Harbor, or just off of, Bar, you know, over near Bar Harbor. And, um, but this is so nice because there's almost nobody there and any of the stops you want to make and look and, you know, take pictures or whatever, there's almost nobody there and you get down to the point and I mean, you're, you're on the ocean and the waves are coming in. We were there in the afternoon 
to the, the water was coming in, it was smashing against the rocks, and you know we got some great pictures. And you know Kathy was standing out on the rocks, you know sitting out, little, you know not out to the edge because you know God forbid, you know she get washed away. I tried to get her close to the edge, but it just didn't happen. Um, anyway, um, so big, 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 you know eruptions of the water, you know as it was coming in, it was really, really cool. And uh, you know, seeing the boats out there and, and the people just hanging out, there was very few people there, and it was just fantastic. And 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 after finding this place, after talking about it, posting some pictures of it, whatever, so my friends got back to me like, oh yeah, we love Scudic Scudic Point. So you know, it's, that is the place to go. That's definitely you know the, the best place. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. On the way back, yeah, on the way back, we found a really neat uh, lodge to stay in up in uh, Greenville, Maine, um, which is right near Moosehead Lake. Um, beautiful place. Uh, happened to be the only place that had a room available. Uh, that this time of year up there is typically really, really busy, and this year is exceptionally busy. So our plan to just ride and find a place, you know, motel, whatever, on the way to Stowe, Vermont, was uh, um, a bad idea <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, the lodge ended up being a little bit more than what we would typically spend, but. It worked out to be an amazing experience. I'll show you the, the picture sometime and, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. The views are amazing, you know, views of uh, uh, Moosehead Lake and and uh, the people that, that took care of the place were just fantastic. Um, spent a couple of days in Stowe and then uh, and came back. And uh, what's really got me jazzed about the whole trip was that my wife rode her own machine for the first time. Normally she'd been riding two up with me for years and uh, last summer, she got herself a, uh, about this time last summer, she got herself her own machine. It's a three-wheeled uh, Can-Am Riker, um, 900cc triple, uh, fully automatic transmission. Um, Can-Am does this great thing where they uh, have electronic controls that keep the machine on three wheels. They, they, they modulate the throttle and the brakes um, and makes, you know, it has intellect, uh, has intellect brake system. It has um, you know, all these great features on it. And it, it uses this electronic, this electronic controls to keep it on three wheels. So you can rail corners pretty hard. You don't have to worry about it tipping up or tipping over or losing traction or whatever. Um, and it does it in a way that isn't inter it doesn't interfere with your riding. You don't feel it like uh, fighting you or kicking back or anything. Some of the early spiders that they had, you could actually feel it. Um, I, I drove a pre-production model. I'm nobody special. It's just that they had a bunch of machines that they brought out they took him to all sorts of different places to get as many people on him as possible. And I got a chance to get into one of those groups and you could feel it in those early machines. You could really feel it. If you were, if you're on the gas and you're hard, you know, going as fast as you can into a corner, all of a sudden you feel, you feel the brakes, you feel the machine shifting a little bit. And what it does is it, it just, it, it backs off the, the, the throttle and it modulates the brakes, like I say, to keep all three wheels on the ground. And you could really feel it on the early machines. You can't anymore. Um, nice. It, it's just it's completely gone. It's just, it was a great, uh, it's a great system. But uh, she did it. Um, you know, we made a couple of modifications to the machine, got our new seat, um, and that helped a lot because the stock seat's really a piece of crap, which it is on most machines. Um, but the seat helped a lot. You know, two hundred plus miles in a day on a motorcycle is tough. You know, those three wheelers, same thing. It's tough. It's it's hard on your body. But uh, she did it. She feels good today. Um, felt good yesterday after we got home. Um, and, uh, you know, so it, she, I'm just, I'm thrilled that she's still loving her machine and, and wants to do more. And, you know, we're talking about 
how we can put more luggage on it and how we can do more trips. And I, I just think it's great. You know, it's, I'm, I'm just happy that she's enjoying herself. I mean, I, I, for the longest time, I, I have not wanted her to ride her own machine because she just didn't feel comfortable in traffic and the whole clutch and brake and everything you got to know about a motorcycle. Just, it just added too much complexity to it for her. Now right. that that complexity has gone, she can just enjoy riding and use the skills that she has because she has an amazing um, basket of skills that she's picked up, you know, snowmobiling and riding with me. And she has her own motorcycle license. She's taken the test and she rode a motorcycle for a little while. So she, you know, she has these skills and um, uh, she's very aware and she's, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I got this thing from her. Uh, she used to, when she was sitting on the back of the bike, we'd be going along and, you know, people, people don't see motorcycles and you, you have to ride like that. You have to understand that. So what she would do is she would see somebody and she learned this in her, in her, in her uh, rider's class to get her license. What she learned was that you have to watch, you know, you don't watch the person, you don't watch the vehicle, you watch the tires. And if the tires are still moving, that car is coming out in front of you. They're going to turn in front of you. They're going to pull out. They're going to pull across, whatever it is, the car's still moving, hasn't stopped. Therefore it, they're going to try to kill you. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is. So what she'll do is, She'll reach right out and not give him the finger, but she'll just wave. She just waves and waves, big smile, and just waves. And then people stop and they look and they're like, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing the reaction she gets. So I, I picked up doing the same thing. I don't flip people off. I don't yell at them. I don't, I don't do anything. I just, I just wave and I wave and I look right at them and I wave as I'm going by and they just don't know what to think. And it's absolutely hilarious. That reaction I think is the best that I've ever had from, you know, any kind of hand motions I could make to a vehicle driver. I think this one is probably the best. And I got that from her. She still does that. It's, it's pretty funny to see. It's, um, it's really funny. One more thing. I got, I could, I could talk about this for a long time, but the one thing that's been going on, since she's been riding is she notices when other motorcyclists don't wave to her. There's a thing where motorcyclists, like, you know, people that drive Jeeps, they wave to each other. And it's all about a, I don't know, it's a kindred spirit kind of thing. You know, you, you, you don't care what they're riding. If they're broken on the side of the road, you stop, you find out if you can help, you know, you do what you can to help a brother, you know, a brother on a motorcycle. So some people don't want to wave at the three wheel machines because they don't think they're legitimate or whatever. So the, there's that. Whenever we see another spider, uh, like a spider rider, they'll always wave if if they're comfortable taking their hands off the handlebars. Sometimes some of the older folks, I think, by what I've seen, it's not typical, you know, not just older folks, but they won't they won't raise their hand. They might you know put up a couple fingers off their handlebar or whatever like that. But the funniest thing is when she meets another Riker rider. She's got this whole body wave going on because one of the first ones she saw. This guy, he flipped out, and he's just like this whole body wave, you know. Hi! And so now she does that, and we joke around about it. It's like it's the Riker wave. You got to do the whole body wave, and it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's just it's funny. It's just a funny thing. And then, and then we get the headset communicator, so we're all talking to each other. So if I was leading and she was behind me, the the folks that were behind her, my my friend Steve and his wife on their Goldwing. They would see it. They'd be like, "Oh, there's your people, Kathy. There's your people." <laughs> and she'd be like, hey, oh, it's so funny. It was just hilarious. It was a good time. 
So we're coming down from that, um, just kind of trying to decompress. And I got a lot of work to do. I've got a motorcycle that needs some TLC. I got some issues with the bike that I took. Um, electronics issues, nothing, nothing safety um, or mechanical wise, but um, something I got to fix on that. And then, and I'm still getting ready for the rally. It looks like yeah. uh, the U.S. border is open. Nice. US residents can come back, no problem. And they may not allow Canadian residents over. As long as the border stays open, I will be going to the rally in September. Nice. And, um, I do have a support team, and I'm going to be practicing for that every weekend from now until I go. Outstanding. where i'm at all right well um mine isn't exactly the same as yours kevin but it's similar with what's got me geeked is i too am back from vacation which is why we didn't record last week if anyone even noticed that we didn't record last week um so but i i it was in the general vicinity as you what you got something to say i said one person noticed oh you no i don't know who it was <laughs> It was Corbs. He's sitting there looking around for us. Guys? Just... <laughs> um, we're in the general vicinity of the same area. I was in New Hampshire, and we, we leaked over into Maine for a little bit. But like you said, I think I was on the exact polar opposite end of Maine. Oh, don't um, ever say that again. Exact polar opposite? Leaked over into Maine a bit. Someone write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no title. <laughs> um no we did most of ours in new hampshire uh we go every summer um Kristen's family my wife um they they do a lobster bake on the beach every year um and we, we go up for it um this year instead of it just being sitting around her grandfather's house waiting for the lobster bake we actually organize some other cool shit to do and and the coolest one for me was visiting the uss albacore uh this is in port portsmouth new hampshire it is um a research submarine that was designed by the u.s navy to test experimental features which most of which that they were experimenting with back then actually were put into the nuclear fleet um which was really cool so the four of us went me Kristen, the two kids check the whole thing out um tight quarters doesn't even begin to mm -hmm. yeah so hugh knows you've been there kevin yeah, have you been there too i i we visited the one of uh, the submarine in new york city gotcha um yeah, it's a different different uh type yeah but yeah the, we've been inside one yeah did the old guy follow you through the whole thing talking no now they have um audio boxes set up where you hit buttons and, and they explain the whole thing through it um I really wish we would have had the old timer telling you about it, but I mean, it's cool the way they do it too, because they've got a narrator that goes through. And then when the narrator's done, like on all these audio things, they actually have like basically someone who actually served on the Albacore, like relating stories to you. Wow. So it, it's really cool. Um, but the most fun, like I said, was watching everybody try to squeeze through this damn thing. Um, <laughs> Kristen didn't have a great time with it. Um, she gets a little claustrophobic. 
Uh, Madison obviously couldn't climb through the hatches, so I'm hefting her ass through them as we go. And then there's Kylie, who just literally like parkours through it. She grabs the top of the hatches and shoots herself through it. And yeah, but I mean, it's it was so cool to see that and and to hear all the shit that they did with that sub. Like literally, like it would go out for tests, come back, and they would literally cut the fucker in half, and like implement new shit on it, change out like the rotors on it. On the back, right? The fins, that's what they're the rotors, right? Well, there's the screw, which is rudders drives it, and then the rudder that, that turns it. Yeah. Um, the yeah, I mean, because her grandfather was even telling us about it because he remembers that from living up there and you know, being old. Um <laughs> sorry. Um, he remembered all of it and he was like, Oh yeah, bag. I am. Uh, I know the guy opens his house up to us, shows us all the hospitality in the world. And the first thing I do is say, that's an old motherfucker right there. Um, but it, it was really cool. He he was relating the stories about how they got it there to where it's dry docked and how they had to dig shit out to get it in. And like I said, they would, they would hoist it up there and dry dock and cut the fucker open and slap new shit on. And it was just really cool. We did that. We went to a really cool beach in Maine uh, called Old Orchard. And it's literally, you've been there too. Okay, so you can attest. It's like a, um, it's almost like the beaches, the beach towns you see in movies. It's got the amusement park and everything. Yeah. Except we were there the week after it closed because my mother-in-law is cheap and only goes in the off season. So literally everything was shut down. Wow. See, now the, the amusement park was still closed because COVID. But I mean, but the shops and everything were open and the beach is phenomenal. And some of the sites on that beach, damn. I didn't see those pictures in Facebook posts. You're yeah, going to have to get I, those I from Kristen's brother. Yeah, I He's okay. the one that got the good pictures. Yeah. Because um, like I said, the entire family was all up there. Like this was a huge thing. Then we did the, the lobster bake itself. They, they ran out an entire pavilion. It's a whole huge party. No alcohol, though. It's dry. I got all jacked up on Diet Mountain Dew. That counts. Oh, okay. Was it BYOB? Um, I probably would have been if I would have thought about it ahead of time. I just didn't think of it. Maine has some really good beer. Next time we go up, I'm I'm hitting some of the uh, the breweries. Really we were looking into that. Vermont, New Hampshire. Too. Vermont's got a lot of good beers, but New Hampshire's starting to come along. Starting to, Maine, yeah. I was looking Maine's them up. Got some really good beers. Yeah. Are we keeping you awake, Corbs? I itch. So, yeah, that, that was basically my vacation. We did another, like, science museum, but there wasn't much to talk about. That I felt like that was a waste of 50 bucks. But anyway, uh, guys, what are you playing? I jumped back into Valhalla. Did you? Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah. Um, finally started uh, taking on the uh, the DLC, uh, the Wrath of the Druids, which takes place in Ireland. Um, y- you know, a- after some time away from it is what I needed because I'm totally back into it and enjoying it now. And you know, playing for about an hour every night. Uh, one thing I did notice is Ireland is visually very different than really? um, the yeah than, than the England part of the the, the base game. Uh, very dark too. Now, I don't know. Maybe Ireland is a dreary fucking place in general. But this seems a, a little bit too dreary. Uh, and even once in a while, there'll be like a rainstorm and it's beautiful. And you turn, there's a fucking rainbow in the sky. But, you know, everything looks like it's, you know, uh, 
I don't know, the, the something out of the scorched earth of, of Lord of the Rings or something. And, and it's not that it's scorched earth. It's just the, the grass is that dark. Um, I don't know. They, I think they could have made it look a little nicer. But um, the gameplay, I shouldn't say nicer. They, they could have made it a little brighter. That's all. Um, Gameplay-wise, though, um, back to enjoying it. Uh, they do introduce a few new mechanics. Um, they've got a, a new cult to hunt down who have some new tricks up their sleeves. And um, the, uh, the second part of their, their DLC, the second one, the Siege of Paris, comes out tomorrow. So if you have the season pass, um, tomorrow is, you know, uh, the 12th is the day to get it. And that looks like it's going to be great as well. Nice. I have not gone back yet, but now I may have to. <clears throat> Anyone else? No. No. I'm just, okay. this, just, I'm just playing the same games. I've, the game I've been playing on my my golf uh, course tycoon game. That's it. I am uh, right now, actually, as we speak, downloading the Avengers DLC, War for Wakanda. Um, hoping that the game's better after that. Um, and I just picked up uh, more for Kylie than me, Jurassic World Evolution, um, because she is so insanely into dinosaurs and anything Jurassic Park slash world. I figured um, let the kid run wild, creating her own Jurassic Park. So uh, Let a kid play God with dinosaur DNA. What could go wrong? Right. I mean, Israel is going to do it anyway. So, <laughs> but Kevin, your eyes are bugging out. You didn't see that in the news. What? What, did I, what the hell did I miss now? No, Israel's literally fucking around with Jurassic Park ideas. Yeah. That's, a, that's perfect. That's right. absolutely perfect for the Middle Be, East. Perfect. Because because there <laughs> haven't been five movies to explain why it's a bad idea. Well, they haven't seen any of them. And they, and they were made by somebody in the U.S. They don't care about that. Okay, exactly. good point. <laughs> uh, Kevin, yeah, all yeah. right, what are you playing? Oh, I just put on a, uh, a game ahead of my phone, one I've been playing for a while. I didn't realize, and I guess that's the only reason why I threw it on there. Um, I was doing it as a joke. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm playing solitaire on my phone. But it, it, there's a little bit more to it than, than just a plain old solitaire game. Is it, There's, you know, daily challenges, and there's some, there's some uh, uh, points to be had and, and um, you know, goals, new goals every day. So if you do certain things, you do it a certain way, um, then you, you, you tend to get more points and, you know, you get, get more level. But this, uh, this game... Uh, developer, and, and I'm just going by what they say on their website. I have no idea if this is actually true or not. They say in MobilityWare, they say um, they're the original app developer for the original game for called Solitaire for uh, uh, App Store and Google Play. No kidding. And they say they are. Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, I, it's just a game of Solitaire. The one thing I will say about this, though, is that it, it, it does get me to come back because the daily challenges are all solvable. Now there's, there's okay. some games of solitaire that you cannot solve. It's just, they, they have too many cards hidden. You just can't get them all. You can't get them out. You can't win the game. As I understand it. I don't know if that's, a, I don't know if that's true, but that's, that's as I understand it, according to what I've read and my experience, daily challenges are always solvable. And, you know, if you've ever played 
cards like on your table, play solitaire. You know, you might might do the rule where once the card's down, you can't move it. You know, to another stack or whatever. Or once it's up in the um, once it's up in the uh, I forget what it's called up above the when you build the piles from ace up. Ace right. up. Once it's up there, you can't bring them down. I mean, that's how my grandmother taught me how to play. The game doesn't follow those rules. You can move the cards back into the field if you want. So you have to do some of that sometimes in order to find what I call the key. There's always a key um, and the most difficult games. And it's, um, you know, two red nines are up. You pick this one this time. It didn't work. You pick the other one next time. Sometimes that's all it is. Well, I had one hand not long ago where I had to build all the hearts in the, um, in the, like, again, I forget what it's called, but the, the, the top part where you build them all up from ace up. Right. Um, you had to build all the hearts. And if you did that, you would eventually release the nine of hearts, which was hiding the key card. And the next card allowed you to, to, to play the rest of the game. So the daily challenges take, take me back to the game again and again. So it's, it's, it's that, it's, it's that game that you play when you've got five minutes to kill and, you know, instead of just sitting there with your thumb up your nose, you want to actually do something, you know, uh, interesting, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's what I do. So that's the game. Solitaire by my, my mobility wear. I think that's the same one I have. I, and I've had it since I first got my iPhone. I, I think it's like the, the, the standard version that comes with the iPhone. Probably. Nice. Um, but let's uh let's uh swift switch gears jesus christ just a little bit uh what's your tabletop review this week kev so i uh i cheated a little bit this week because i've been a little busy um the last couple weeks um and i just went to board game geek and um took a look at some of the reviews and their most recent reviews and i really liked the um uh, the sound of this one, and I and I did something wrong when I copied and pasted. Uh, looks like uh, I got the game up here. Let me just read it from there. Where's Board Game Geek? Mm-hmm. Better open it. All right. So this game is uh, Descent: Legends of the Dark, and I wanted to just read a little bit. Uh, this uh, this first paragraph. Terranoff is in peril. The demon tainted Uthak. Elan barbarians stalked the realm and the undead servants of Wycar the Undying venture beyond their borders for the first time in memory. The leaders of Terranoth are divided and, and fractious. Fractious? I thought it was fractious, but it's fractious. Unable to unite against these, un, these, these common threats. And in the northern barony of Forthin, the stage is set for the next great confrontation between Terranoth and the forces of darkness. Now, the really cool part about this is that it is partially app-based. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Cool. Uh, core gameplay mechanisms like combat, such as combat fatigue, skills, items, and more have received completely new interpretations with Legends of the Dark, while a new approach to scenario layout and 3D terrain creates striking multi-level scenarios. Really, 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 really cool uh, descriptions. Some of the pieces have some really neat, interesting uh, designs to them. There's a bunch of uh, a bunch of figures that come with this, and, and again, nice. I link to BoardGameGeek.com because there's great reviews there, great pictures, um, uh, players, uh, gamers uh, um, uh, submitted. Now I'm looking for the one part. Okay, here it is. 
powered by an integrated free companion app, Descent, Legends of the Dark puts you in the role of budding hero with their, with their own play style and abilities. Together with your, your unlikely companions, you'll begin to an unexpected adventure. An adventure told across the 16 quests of the Blood and Flame campaign. Throughout your campaign, campaign you'll face undead lurking in the mist, demonic barbarians stalking the wilds, and even more terrifying threats. With 46 pieces of 3D terrain and 40 hero and monster miniatures, that's 86 pieces. Wow. Right there. Um, uh, monster miniatures to draw you into the game. Your greatest adventure is yet before you. Your objectives will change from quest to quest as you follow the overarching story of the campaign. So this is a dungeon crawl, um, app-driven dungeon crawl set in the world of Terranoth. Just, I thought the description was really, really cool. The whole idea about having an app companion um, to help you play the game, uh, I thought that was really cool. And who doesn't love a dungeon crawl with really, really cool 3D, uh, 3D figures? Outstanding. Something we might have to check into, huh? Yeah, it sucks, but yeah, I mean, there's so many of these things that just sound and look so great. And, you know, they, they, they give it a really good rating. Um, just, well, a com uh, complexity rating of 2.5 out of 5. So it really doesn't seem like it's that difficult. So you could probably get some, uh, um, some of your lesser uh, inclined players to, to get in and have fun. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it looks like a lot of fun. You know, I am looking forward to hearing your take on the uh, Fallout tabletop game. We'll get closer to release on that. I'll have to look that up, actually. I didn't even know they were doing it. Yeah, I, it can't, digitally, I think it's out now, but the, uh, the actual physical version isn't being released for another month or two, I think. Neat. That's neat. I wonder what they're going to do with it. I mean, I, I got an idea. I mean, if you've played Fallout, you kind of have an idea of what it could be. Um, but yeah, that'd be neat. Interesting. Yeah. I might have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Just have it. Very first Funko Pop figure I ever had was Fall Out Boy. Just saying. Not the band. The from the game. Yeah. I believe the band's name by from the Just saying. Never never done both. Played the game or listened to the band. So I don't know the band. Yeah. They're not for us, I'm assuming. Game's um, the game's fun. All right, so why don't we uh, throw it? I played a. Uh, I went to a, back to an old school game for. Uh, my aunt was in town from Virginia, so the last night she was here, we had her over for game night. Nice. So uh, nice. We ended up playing uh, sequence. Sequence. Yeah. Okay. The look on everybody's faces—you've never heard of this game. I don't know. No. So it's basically a card game. You get a board, and it's got the cards laid out across the board. Um, you play with two decks, and you have to make a row of five pieces. Yet we played three teams. Okay. Um, and you all get you know a certain number of cards. Three teams, you get five cards. If you're playing with less than that, you all get seven cards. And you play the card, you put the chip on the card, and you got to make a row of five. So. It's pretty cool. We actually, to be honest with you, just tell you how long ago it was when we bought this. My mom and I were at Toys R Us. Wow. Up in Great Northern. Yep. 
Um, we were walking through, it was right before they were getting ready to close and we were looking because we had started talking about doing like game nights and stuff like that. So we were looking for random games to play. We were looking for games to play with my son and stuff like that. And um, one of the ladies was walking by. She's like, if you're looking for a game to play for like game night, you should get this game. And my mom and I were like, well, yeah. So we decided to pick it up. And we played that game probably once a month. Nice. So, but it was, uh, we hadn't played it in a while. So when my aunt was here, we were trying to figure out kind of uh, something to do. You know, so, uh, so we pulled out my, my mom said, let's pull out sequence and play. So we played before dinner, we played that. Um, and it was a great time. You know, you're, you're laughing, you're joking, you know, you're, you're playing with your, your, your team, but you can't talk to each other. Okay. You can't, you, you can't kind of say, well, you know, I got the four hearts, you got the five okay. hearts, and so that you can't communicate at all. You just have to play the cards and play off of every, each other. And then, you know, obviously you're playing against two other teams. So you're, you're playing offensively, you're playing defensively. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And then my, uh, my son, who, by the way, um, is listening to the podcast now. Uh-oh. So we have another viewer and another listener. <laughs> yeah, we're up to three now. <laughs> Um, he actually was at a buddy's house last last year, maybe two years ago, and they played a game for the Switch called Jackbox. Yep. Very familiar with that. Yep. So we played it when my aunt was here, and oh, my God, laugh out loud, hysteric stuff that we were doing. He did the one where you had to do, like, a presentation. So you're having to say what's on the screen, and somebody else is picking the pictures that you have to – Oh, it was hysterical. And you have to keep talking. The, the whole thing is you have to keep communicating. You have to keep going. No matter what's going on, you have to keep talking. You know, oh, what boy. What the picture is, oh, my God, I, I nearly peed on myself. So that was something. So my aunt decided that he was in charge of entertainment for Christmas when she comes up. So we're going to do Jack Box again at Christmas time. So. Now, there's multiple versions of that too, right? Well, there's a, there's a, he said there's a ton of stuff you can do with it. Nice. There's a ton of games you can play with it and stuff like that. These, we only did two. I think everybody at first, like we, my mom and I were talking about it after, but I think everybody was kind of apprehensive at first to play it because he's 14 and we're all in our 40s. Right. And older, man. Mom, obviously older. Um, so we were kind of apprehensive about playing at first. I think everybody was, but we, once we got into it, well, we were having a great time. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was we, a good time. So we we do that for our uh, our work socials. You know, we'll get together. Everyone will chat for a while, and then eventually, uh, one of our coworkers has all the Jackbox games uh, on Steam, and she'll load it up, share her screen. Everyone will log in with their phones, and yep. we'll just play for a few hours. It's great. Nice. Yeah, that's that's what you do. You, you log in, and then you you go to Jackbox.tv or something like that. Yeah. Put in your name, and that's how you play it right on your phone. So you don't even need a controller from the the switch you can play it right on your phone on the tv so yeah it's a, it's a great time so we had a great time with it so i can't wait to see what happens at christmas time so yeah uh, <laughs> that's neat so nice so, i have to check that one out a little bit about sequence came out in 1982 uh two to 12 players yep uh ages seven and up uh, the weight complexity weighting is 1.34 out of five and believe it or not, you can get brand new unopened original sequence game with the folding board on eBay for $25.90. Nice. Oh. There's some used ones in here for less, but 
Uh, what fun is that? You got to get a brand new one. And here's a rolling one, the jumbo sequence with the rolling board. I saw that on uh, Board Game Geek. It's very, very neat. I, I, I like this. I like the it's, whole. It's, it's, a, it's a wild time. And like you said, I mean, obviously you, anybody can play it. It's basically just, you're just playing with cards in your hand. So. Nice. Yep. It's That's a good cool. time. Is, is this getting added to the, the Geek, Pod, Geek Pod collection too, Kevin? I think so. <laughs> i think so perfect i might have to figure out how to get jackbox too <laughs> i have a switch we can do it off of the switch do you have to do it off a of switch what are the other options? no well, uh, he said you can do it off of steam too computer you can computer any of the consoles or a computer will do it the the issue is if you're not all in the same place then you you have to have somebody with the ability to share that now i've played it with my kids by um when they, you know, when the pandemic started, what I would do is I would go on my PlayStation and I would broadcast on Twitch and they would join on Twitch and then log into the game with their their app. So we all could play together. Um, I mean, there, I mean, you're, you're, you do this computer shit for a living. I'm sure you could figure out how to make that work much better than I could. (laughs) I mean, I did have somebody over the last week and a half try to explain to me how, to get a, um, a TV to display Netflix. <laughs> While you were on vacation? And I was just sitting there. I was just listening. I was just listening. listening. Nodding your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, what do you think? I think we kick it to commercial and then come back to the news. Sounds like a plan to me. Sounds good. All right. Okay. All three of you, stay tuned. We'll be right back. this new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics.
Now, before any of you complain that last week's news was too focused on the beach volleyball players that have junk in the top bunk, here's the news. First up, style and profile in an unemployment line filing. Iconic pro wrestler and mummified erection Ric Flair was released by the WWE this past week. Now, it was part of a large list of releases, a lot of which have people scratching their heads. Uh, Kind of makes it look like they're trying to shoot themselves in the foot because all these people are, are getting let go and they're going immediately to AEW, which is really, really raising its profile and uh, picking up steam. Now, Flair said that this that was on good terms, that they didn't see eye to eye on some business deals and opportunities that he had. Now, this is Rick motherfucking Flair. You know, if he says I want to do something, you let him do it. You don't let him go to the competition. I mean, th- this guy is, you know. Even rappers and hip-hop artists are saying the reason they do the shit they do is because of Ric Flair. All the styling and profiling, the bling, the watches, the limo rides. They're coming out and saying that that's all from him, from they, when they saw him when they were kids. So, I mean, this guy still, at his age, has a direct line into pop culture. My nine-year-old knows what woo is. You know, I mean, he, he's a meme. He is a legend. I, I just got to say, I think it's a crazy idea. And I just got to wonder if maybe Stephanie took a ride on Space Mountain or something. And there's some bad blood there now. Um, next up, I could have been richer than Captain America. Now, I'm sure you guys uh, saw this, uh, but there's a little a lawsuit going on in the House of Mouse. Scarlett Johansson is suing them over her uh, residuals on Black Widow. Now, a big part of this was the fact that they decided to release it on Disney Plus as well as in theaters. And they are saying that she is missing out on uh, possibly as, as much as $50 million Oof. in payouts uh, because of what they did. Now, uh, she's suing them saying that you know they they, it, they should have been, had to talk about this and they should have had to change it because it goes against her contract. They've shot back and said, well, she's an awful human being who wanted people to go to the movies during COVID, which I mean, it's I mean, that that's like, you know, you know, blaming the victim, you know, to a degree. I mean, I, it looks bad. Uh, on Disney's part. Uh, and really, I mean, all she wanted to do was be equal to her male co-stars. If, if you mm-hmm. look at, you know, uh, Evans and uh, Downey and Ruffalo, I mean, they all have back-end deals where they get a percentage of the box office. And, you know, traditionally, she's not really had that on the movies. And she really should. because she was, she was in the first one. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, as far as if you're looking at the core group of Avengers through all those movies, she absolutely is just as important as, as those characters as well. And she has as much if not more screen time in those movies. Uh, I mean, really, she only wanted as much black in her ledger as the guys had. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Finally, I am stupid. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a new meme going around where a lot of people are using the movie I Am Legend starring Will Smith as a meme to say vaccines are bad. The basic idea is this movie is about... Um, a, a cancer treatment, a, a modified gene that turns the world into zombie slash vampire things. Um, really, really good fucking movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, but what they're doing is, is the people are actually using this as their argument for not getting vaccinated. They're saying, uh, you know, I, I saw this movie and I'm afraid that that's going to happen to me. Now, some people are positing that maybe they're only doing this because by using the meme on Facebook, they're avoiding the fact checkers that Facebook employees to put that little tag on there that says, Hey, this might be bullshit about the vaccine. You guys have all seen it. Yes. Um, but you, you know, even if some people are doing that, there are way more idiots who really believe if they get vaccinated, they're going to turn into crazy hairless zombies, hairless CGI zombies. In fact, now the uh, screenwriter of the movie, Akiva Goldman, who's done a ton of stuff, uh, went on Twitter and said, and I'm going to quote this. Oh my God, it's a movie. I made that up. It's not real. 
I mean, really, I, I, I don't even need to make a joke there. Come the fuck on. So uh, that's the news, kids. Now, things are going to go a little different here because originally I planned, I'd written a little bit last week, you know, when we were supposed to record about, you know, talking to Paul and he'd asked me to take a look at his, you know, Fulton, New York focused Plenty of Fish profile uh, that we talked about the previous week. And, uh, you know, he wanted me to take a look at it. And so I, you know, the whole bit was I did. And I said, listen, you can't use that line. So he demanded that I go and find visual proof that Wild Bill's Jerky Chew already used the line, you don't need teeth to enjoy my beef. I thought it was a pretty good joke. <laughs> I see you guys are reacting. Uh, but something happened uh, right before you know we, we came to record. Um, I was sitting downstairs and I was searching on the news. Uh, what I was looking for is information about the uh, cyber symposium that uh, Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, is putting on right now. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, but basically, the pillow guy is a you know big Trump supporter. He's been saying that you know he has all this information that proves the election was fake, and he's holding a three-day uh, streaming symposium where he's supposed to release all of this information. And I, I've been uh, tracking it, you know, just because you know it's it's always interesting to see the ridiculous bullshit that comes out. If you're not paying attention, uh, basically, he started off yesterday, uh, and they had technical difficulties. And I swear to God. This is what he said. I'm quoting him. The whole technology was attacked. We need to get the word out because they blocked the thing. Okay, they blocked the thing. Um, not we don't know what we're doing. And they've even had technical issues today, and they're saying they're being hacked and Deep State is going after them and trying to shut them down. Um, nobody wants to bother with, with putting the effort to shut them down. Uh, mostly so far, it's been a lot of pictures and made-up shit. And all of this big information, you know, 10 o'clock Eastern time yesterday, the big information was supposed to hit. And right before then, he goes, they raided our offices. They took the hard drives. We don't have anything. It's, it's all a ploy because between all of these ridiculous sets they're doing, um, they're also fundraising. So, you know, that's what it's about. You know, that, that's really what this whole thing was about. So I, I, was, I was Google searching and I, I just wanted to see what was going on. And uh, I, I'm on Chrome and I searched Mike Lindell Symposium. A picture of him pops up. And my stomach goes, and I suddenly realize, oh, my God, I'm going to shit myself. I jump up and I run to the bathroom. I almost leaped over the gate. I run into the bathroom, get down on the toilet, and it was like an explosion. So since, um, you know, lying about things and saying things without proof are pretty much how we do things these days, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to have my own little cyber symposium right now and i'm going to state for the record mike lindell is targeting me and trying to get me to shit myself now i don't know what his deal is i don't know if he's using brown noise or weaponized 5pu i have no idea exactly what's going on why does this goofy paul bear looking motherfucker have a problem with me i don't know but you know obviously he wants me to shit myself now i have proof and i'm going to release that proof in two weeks, maybe. I'm thinking about it. I have about 50 shitabytes of data proving he wants us all to crap our pants, to soil our britches, to drop the kids off at the back door with no exit. Now, I got to tell you guys, our government is not going to protect us from the MyPillow guy. Our military is not going to protect us from the MyPillow guy. It is up to us to protect ourselves from the MyPillow guy. Load up on Tums and bring Depends, motherfuckers. Paul? In other news, hypnotism is banned in public schools in San Diego. Back to you, Corbs. All right. How do you right. follow that? Yeah, you don't. You, there's no way to follow that. 
he's got me hypnotized anyway, so. There's so much. I... What well, I do. That's not... I'm trying to think if I'm happier about the, you know, the, the zombie thing. You know, they're talking about Will Smith instead of, you know, Walking Dead. Or if I'm happier about the fact that all these idiots are just going to bankrupt themselves following other idiots. I don't know what I'm happier about. Remember Lemmings, the game? Yeah. Or the animal, for that matter. Yeah. I just, you know, these things they always take care of themselves. This is, this is Except when they don't. They're not. They got Cuomo out of office. This will this will pass. Thirteen days. Thirteen Wait, days. To- when do we release these? Ten days. It's ten days now. Whatever. <laughs> We're in the future. Remember. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get yourself a stiff drink, Corbs, and uh, tell us about the movie re- you're doing. All right. Well, in case you're wondering, I am the last barman poet. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinky on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach, the schnapps made from peach, the velvet hammer, the Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth, the pink squirrel, the three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze, the orgasm, the death spasm, the Singapore sling, the dingling. America, you've just been devoted to every flavor I got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? All right. That to me is the best scene from the movie that I'm doing right now. And I'm hoping some of you guys know this movie without having me having to say it. But we're going to go ahead and do Cocktail. I love it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Starring Tom Cruise, um, Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. She is, is his love interest. Um, it's released in 1988, which I thought it was released a little bit earlier than that. So I was kind of shocked at that one. I don't know why I thought it was released. I thought it was released like 1987, 86, somewhere in that area. But uh, directed by Roger Donaldson, Cocktail Fell follows Tom Cruise's ambitious Brian Flanagan. He has, as he reluctantly begins working as a bartender to make ends meet. Uh, filmmaker Donaldson works with, works from Haywood Gould's screenplay. He does an effective job of literally luring the viewers into some plotless proceedings. This cocktail kicks off with the entertainment lightning open stretch involving Brian's initial entry into the world of bartending. So, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into the movie because I'm assuming everybody's seen it. Please tell me you've seen it. Okay. Um, basically, it's it's a movie about bartending, about the, uh, the flair of bartending. You know, he, how we, you know, we spin the bottle, flip the bottle, and Tom Cruise's character is trying to make money to open up a bar in a, like a strip mall type bar that is open across the country type of thing. Um, and people shoot him down across the board. He ends up working for a guy. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now. I had it. just had it. Brian Brown. He plays uh, Doug, 
can't remember Doug's last name. Uh, he owns it. He's where a bartender bar. So he hires crews. They work together, become really good friends. They have a falling out over a girl. Tom Cruise ends up in Jamaica working as a bartender in Jamaica to make money for his bar that he opens. Um, falls in love with Elizabeth Shoes character while he's there. So it just goes back and forth. It's kind of a, you know, drama, love story-ish type of movie. Um, but again, it's one of those movies that I like to watch when it's on. Uh, obviously, I like the one scene where they do the, he does the poem there that I, I read, which I think is hysterical. But the one before it, the guy that the first yuppie poet recites, um, I don't remember that one, and I'm not going to go look for it. Uh, but it's a good movie. Um, out of five stars, I give it three stars. Um, I do watch it when it's on. I don't watch the whole thing. I'm not a, I don't watch it all the way through. There are some kind of dull spots in it and stuff like that. But it's a decent movie. Um, I'm not sure it's one of Tom Cruise's top ten, although it might be. I don't know. I, don't know. I like the music. Yeah, it's good, good 80s music in it, which is always, you know, always a good thing. John Stamos. John Beach Boys. Yes. Yep. How do so, you feel if you're the actual drummer from the, the Beach Boys and you get replaced by John Stamos just for that? Well, he wasn't really... I mean, would you consider him the drummer? He's playing the freaking bongos. Whatever. The Percussion. Same. I, mean, I do remember that video. <laughs> it was a staple of our youth. That's that's back when MTV actually played music videos. Yes. For that, like, four-year span, yes. Yeah, like, fucking reality TV I mean, all the fucking time. I, I've been in the service a year when it came out, but that's okay. You can you can call it your youth. That's fine. <laughs> Dude, so, I was 12. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I, I had just turned 12 uh, at this point. I was 13. I, I had turned 12 literally a week before. Yeah. Because this came out, and I'm looking at it because I have the Ebert thing. July 29th, 1988. Wow. One week into my 12th year. So you weren't even able to drink at that time? Legally. That's true. I grew this up in the sticks. We were drinking at like 10. Didn't you, this, didn't you, just, didn't you have drink alcohol in your baby bottle? bottle? Yeah. A little whiskey? Probably a little jack. That's what they used to do. To I don't like it now. I can't drink that shit anymore. That's because you had it too much when you were a child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic to handcuffs. That's the problem. <laughs> well, if you were 12, that means I was 13. So I was probably already playing in bands with adults. And they were giving me all the beer I could drink. So I was probably busy drinking. Rather than watching movies about drinking, he was inspired drink. by Stamos. He he was the bongo guy at thirteen. <laughs> no. I was the rhythm guitarist. I've I've never seen cocktail. I I've seen parts, and I remember I was very disturbed by the suicide scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When uh, his buddy Doug shows himself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's more disturbed. Yeah. I, I don't know if. I mean. I've read more about the movie itself and about that scene talking with um, the, the director like, and stuff. Apparently, I didn't realize this, and I don't know if it's mentioned in the movie, but the reason he kills himself is that his wife 
who tries to sleep with Tom Cruise's character when they go home, apparently they're broke. Like he invested in a bunch of stuff and it all went belly up and they don't have any more money. So like they don't have anything. Yikes. That's why he ends up killing himself because he's depressed or, or, or whatnot. I didn't realize that when I, you know, obviously when he first watched the movie, I kind of thought it was he assumed that they slept together. And, Kapow. You know, when he shows back up and he's dead, I was like, oh, well, that's pretty fucking twisted. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that wasn't that her money too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was Yeah, because when, when he comes down to, uh, when they come to Jamaica, he's married and he says, oh, I married, I married money. And, you know, the girl, the, the girl who actually is um, the lead, the female lead in Roadhouse, too. That's who that girl is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So um, she's the one that's got the money. So she's she's her, her family was loaded, apparently. And he invested in like hedge funds or something like that, and lost it all. So and that's why he ends up killing himself. Right. So, but I don't know, like you're saying, I don't know if that's really spelled out clearly in the movie. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. Well, our good buddy Roger Ebert, he agrees with you, Corbs. He also gives it three stars. He's actually smart, though. (laughs) This week he's smart. He's on it this week. (laughs) And he says, <clears throat> Cocktail tells the story of two bartenders and their adventures in six bars and several bedrooms. <laughs> what is remarkable, given the subject, is how little the movie knows about bars or drinking. Early in the film, there's a scene where the two bartenders stage an elaborately choreographed act behind the bar. They juggle bottles in unison, one spins ice cubes into the air, and the other one catches them. And then they flip bottles at each other like a couple of circus jugglers. All this is done to rock and roll music, and it takes them about four minutes to make two drinks. They get a roaring ovation from the customers in their crowded bar, which is a tip-off to the movie's glossy phoniness. This isn't bartending, it's a music video, and real drinkers wouldn't applaud. They'd shout, shut up and pour! The bartenders in the film are played by Tom Cruise as a young ex-serviceman who dreams of becoming a millionaire, and Brian Brown is a hard-bitten veteran who has lots of cynical advice. Brown advises Cruz to keep his eyes open for a rich chick because that's his ticket to someday opening his own bar. Cruz is ready for this advice. He studies self-help books and believes that he'll be rich someday. If only he gets that big break. The movie is supposed to be about how he outgrows his materialism, although the closing scenes leave room for enormous doubt about his redemption. The first part of the movie works the best. That's when Cruz drops out of school, becomes a full-time bartender, makes Brown his best friend, and learns to juggle those bottles. In the real world, Cruz and Brown would be fired for their time-wasting grandstanding behind the bar. But in this movie, they get hired to work in a fancy disco where they have a fight over a girl and Cruz heads to Jamaica. There, as elsewhere, his twinkling eyes and friendly smile seem irresistible to women on the other side of the bar, and he lives in a world of one-night stands. That's made possible by the fact that no one in this movie has ever heard of AIDS. (laughs) I love I love the fact that this stuff hits because I've never read it beforehand. <clears throat> Not even the rich female fashion executive, played by Lisa Baines, who picks Cruz up and takes him back to her back to Manhattan with her. 
What do you think? Do you believe a millionaire Manhattan woman executive in her 30s would sleep with a wildly promiscuous bartender she picks up on the beach? Not unless she was seriously drunk. And that's another area this movie knows little about. The actual effects of drinking. Sure, Cruz gets tanked a couple of times and staggers around a little and throws a few punches. But given the premise that he and Brown drink all the time, shouldn't they be drunk or hungover or at least most of the time? Not in this fantasy world. If the film had stuck to the relationship between Cruz and Brown, it might have had a chance. It makes a crucial error when it introduces a love story involving Cruz and Elizabeth Shue as a vacationing waitress from New York. They find true love, which is shattered when Shu sees Cruz with the rich Manhattan executive. After the executive takes Cruz back to New York and tries to turn him into a pampered stud, he realizes his mistake and apologizes to Shu, only to discover, of course, that she is pregnant and rich. The last stages of the movie were written, directed, and acted on automatic pilot. As Shu's millionaire daddy tries to throw Cruz out of the penthouse, but love triumphs. There is not a moment in the movie's last half hour that is not borrowed from other movies, and eventually even the talented and graceful Cruz can be seen laboring with the ungainly reversals in the script. Shu, who does whatever is possible with her role, is handicapped because her character is denied the freedom to make natural choices. At every moment, her actions are dictated by the artificial demands of the plot. It's a shame the filmmakers didn't take a longer, harder look at this material. The movie's most interesting character is the older bartender, superbly played by Brown, who never has a false moment. If the film had been told from his point of view, it would have been a lot more interesting, but box office considerations no doubt require the center of gravity to shift to Cruz and Shoe. One of the weirdest things about Cocktail is the so-called message it thinks it contains. Cruz is painted throughout the film as a cynical, success-oriented 80s materialist who wants only to meet a rich woman and own his own bar. That's why Shu doesn't tell him at first that she's rich. Toward the end of the movie, there's a scene where he allegedly chooses love over money, but then, a few months later, he's the owner and operator of his own slick Manhattan singles bar. How did he finance it? There's a throwaway line about how he got some money from his uncle, a subsistence-leveled bartender who can't even afford a late-model car. Sure, it costs a fortune to open a slick singles bar in Manhattan, and so we are left with the assumption that Cruz's rich father-in-law came through with the financing. If the movie didn't want to leave that impression, it shouldn't have ended with the scene in the bar. But then, this is the kind of movie that uses Cruz's materialism as a target all through the story, and then rewards him for it in the end. The more you think about what happens in Cocktail, the more you realize how empty and fabricated it really is. And this is a movie he apparently liked. Wow. He gave it three stars. Yeah, he even said, hey, the characters did what was in the script, and that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't so, end with, fuck you fucking fuckers. It, it was a good, it was a feel-good movie, you know, it was fun, and you could, you know, you know, live vicariously through the characters. That's the reason to like it. I mean, once you dive into the story, well, yeah, you're gonna find you're gonna find holes. But uh, well, well, apparently, okay. Cruz found a lot of holes in that movie. Apparently, at least one. All of them. All, All of the them. holes. Even Brian Brown's, and that's why he kills himself. But I, you know, he's talking about like I Cruz being materialistic in the movie and stuff like that. I didn't see him coming off like that. I didn't see him like actually physically going out and looking for 
a rich woman. Like he didn't, I mean, he was sleeping around. I mean, obviously, but that's what, no offense in the eighties. That's what bartenders did. Ooh. He, he kind of scoffed at uh, the, his mentor's ideas. I, as I remember it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, same thing. I didn't, I didn't foresee him thinking like him saying, Oh, I'm just going to go out and marry his gets involved with some rich girl or some rich family or whatever and open a bar. You know, he, the way I read it was he, he wanted to do it on his own. And that's exactly what he did. Maybe he did borrow the money from his uncle, which that's what I got the assumption from was he borrowed the money from his uncle to open his bar. Cause his, his uncle was a bartender, I think in the beginning of the movie, if I recall it correctly, you know, and he's, you know, he's never, he uncle said he's never given away a free drink in his life at his bar. You know, when he offers, when Caprice says, oh, drinks around the house, his uncle like freaks out or whatever. You know, I, I didn't see him as being materialistic. I saw him as just being a guy that was trying to fulfill his dream of opening a bar that you could have. It, it basically could be in any shopping town, any shopping mall, any strip mall. There's any, nothing in shopping town. That's true. Not yet. And that's uh, why. We scraped together funds and we put our own bar in Shopping Town, a Geek Pod bar. There you go. Kevin's like, no. Come on, Hugh. We can learn how to flip bottles and shit, like in the movie that you haven't seen. Um, that might not be a good idea. I, I am pretty clumsy. I am clumsy to the fact. Here's a throwback to our our little uh, investigation at Split Rock Quarry um, tonight, while uh. I threw, I did uh, short ribs, beef short ribs in the pressure cooker. So I had like an hour where I could actually go out and get in my pool for like the second time this year. And when I got out, I'm walking down the steps and I see in front of me, oh, the dog left a turd over here. So I step to the side to try to, to get around it, step in a hole, twist my ankle, fall over on my right side. You know where I'm bleeding? That same spot on your knee? The left side of my knee, not the right side. And under it, it's a new cut. It's not bad or anything, but I'm like, motherfucker. Second time in a row, I've fallen on my left side, but cut the right side of my knee. How does that work? It's it's like the, the injuries are passing through my kneecap to the other side. You know, like those little balls in the doctor's office, you drop it and it... Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, exactly. Um, on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll cut the commercial break and we'll come back and wrap the show up. What does it say? Something. I can't, can't see, see it. it. Stop. Stop. So you can't get it. There you go. Stop, Stop the, shit. the shit. I'm protesting. Could you not have went with Stop the Poops? Because then we could use it as a title. What the fuck, dude? Well, we still can. We can make the title whatever we want. I mean, Apple Podcasts. Well, you can make it stop the poops. You're the one who types it in, Paul. We've now said stop the poops. So it works. There you go. (laughs) Don't be shackled by reason. God damn it. I like typo poop. Are you picking on one of my favorite bands? What did you say? He said he likes typo poop. Peter Steele would fuck you up. If he wasn't dead. Yeah. There's that. Anyway, you were trying to go to break when I heard yeah, Let's go. To break. Before you go to break, uh, the actress's name is Kelly Lynch. Yes. Very good. 
she wasn't in the list. God damn it. Oh, look, there's my write up for next week's. Never mind. Hey, control your mustache, okay? I barely have one. I had to shave it for work. It's trimmed down again. Because you were starting to look too much like a boy. What? Because you were starting to look too much like a boy. I was looking like it was a real beard. I'm not allowed to have those at work. So there's like nobody in your office. How do you have the fuck do they know? Kevin's the only one in your office. You know what? Know. That doesn't make any sense. You work at a law firm. If I'm getting a lawyer, someone who's gonna fight for me to get me what I deserve, I want that motherfucker to have a beard. I want him to ha- not have time to shave because he's too busy kicking ass for me. I know you're not actually a lawyer, but still. It's there. <laughs> it should still, I, I mean, you know, they lead by example. Come on. Sure, they do. These guys don't do that. Do they lead at all? All right, let's head to break, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in five, guys. Check out the commercials. new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. And we are back with the same commercials you saw last time. Um, but seriously, go check out Collectibles Galore and check out Grid After Dark. Uh, I see he just launched their uh, their Facebook page. Saw that. So go check out their stuff. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to post the new stuff soon. Anyway, so... Um, before we get into what we're streaming, I have a couple a couple of topics I wanted to hit on. Um, one of which spun out of my vacation. Um, the kids, meaning mine as well as my nieces and nephews, 
um, took to using a new slang term. And I'm wondering if you guys have ever heard this term, um, busing. Throwing okay. somebody under the bus. It's not. Um, apparently, this is the new, new way of saying how, how awesome things are. Um, like these French fries are totally bussing. No, I can't even figure out the stupidity that's supposed to connect to. No idea, but it was definitely a thing for like four days, and I really wanted to uh, suck on the end of a, a pistol by the time we were done. Um, that's exactly why they did it. It was no nothing real. It was all about. Oh no, it's real because I I, I I looked it up. It, it's really it's it's real slang. It's on Urban Dictionary, which I will link to in the show notes. And um, apparently, to really like drive home how great something is with this, you use it multiple times. So if these cheese fries are bussin' bussin', they're really fucking great. So this is the new fire. New fire. Yeah, new fire. Because okay. you, you used to, I mean, the last thing I knew, that my, shit's my fire? teenagers, yes. said, yeah. Well, th- this this was my this was my reality for four days um and when i started getting irritated with that while we were sitting in a delightful seafood restaurant called the ice house um they decided to switch things up and everything was potato so this this cheeseburger was so potato to which i busted out to them guys stop trying to make fetch happen what no one Corbs, you're a, you're a retro movie guy. You've got to get that. It's a 90s movie reference. Assuming it's a Kevin Smith movie, but... No. No? No, it was Clueless. So are we. I'm, I'll, yeah, I'm Clueless. I see was. the movie. I see the movie. I, I, I remember that from the movie. It, it actually was on not too long ago. I think it was on like USA or something. And I, that's probably why it was in the like the forefront for me. But there was the one girl in the group that kept trying to make that the hip thing was everything was fetch. That's so fetch. And they kept yelling at her to stop trying to make fetch happen. So I busted that out on the kids. Knowing full well, they'd have no idea what I was talking about. But They didn't, did they? No. They got to ask the ice house. Um, was that in uh, Old Orchard? No, that that was back in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Really, really good uh, seafood place. Phenomenal I've heard stuff. Of before. There, we there, used to have one too. Yeah, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. there was a nice house. Bands played yeah. there a lot. Yep. It was like a small, like hole in the wall bar here, but it got some notoriety. Yeah. I think it might have been a restaurant and a banquet hall as well. Maybe could have been. People got married there and shit. I don't know why anyone would do that. Uh, but moving what, on. Before, yeah, that. Why do that? <laughs> before we get into um, what, what we're all streaming this week and in the upcoming weeks, um, Hugh, we had something weird happen with the feed, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that this week. Yeah. So um, hardly anybody saw episode 109 on YouTube. Uh, four people got to watch it before shit went down. Uh, and that's because we, we had a copyright claim thrown at us. 
Um, apparently, we were we were infringing on a copyright for a Japanese artist, um, represented by Sony Music Entertainment Japan Division. Um, and I would give you the name of the the artist as well as the title of the song that we were supposedly stealing, except that. Um, when I disputed the fact, because, you know, we aren't and our theme music is by Jamis Breed and it's called Sunday Morning, which we were giving exclusive rights to by Mr. Dennis Johnson. Um, when I explained all that to YouTube, um, our, our Japanese friends turned tail and ran. Um, so we, we won the dispute rather quickly, but it kind of killed our numbers for last episode. So if you guys want to go back and watch last episode now, it's up and available again um so sony you can fuck right off because we didn't Dude, steal your shit we fought the sony and won yes we did we beat sony how fucking cool is that oh me that's right fuck those fuckers but yeah seriously guys go back and watch episode 109 because we need you to bump those numbers up those are rookie numbers right now how many people are watching our episodes people are um it all they depends they fluctuate what i download them you download them and never watch them well he's here he's watching them live no i have to watch them because there's a lot of stuff that we don't we don't talk about or show live right like the advertisements i never get to see them if i don't if i don't watch the recording that's true we could put those in the google drive because, dude, I feel bad that you sit through an extra two hours of this horse shit every week. Well, don't don't think of it like that. When I'm working, I just like to have noise on in the background, so I'm not really paying any attention to it. So we are that noise. So, nice. I mean, I got to listen to Paul anyway, so I might as well listen to the podcast. Do you ever have trouble mistaking what he's saying in the podcast for what he's saying next to you? Do you ever get confused? No, because I don't pay attention to any of it. Either the podcast or Paul? This I is wouldn't, pay, wouldn't pay attention to me either. So, I mean, yeah, this is fair. And then I just say, send me the email. Right. And I just email it. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else before we jump into the midstream here? All right, guys. So, first, um, circling back to our last episode, you asked me about what I thought about Masters of the Universe Revelations. Yes. Well, I have since procured um, a Netflix subscription and oh, have watched. Oh, no. Did what? you really? I did. You were fighting it. I was fighting it. But, you know, you can go right into Walmart and buy a gift card. And <laughs> they'll give you a couple of months for it. Oh, okay. Well, um, that's what I did. I didn't actually sign up, sign up. I mean, I reactivated my old account, but used that as the payment method. Um, watched all five episodes in a sitting. I loved it. Yeah, it was a phenomenal show. Yes, it's the Tila show, but you know what? It makes sense. Um, and it's half of the story. And um, all I gotta say is they got fucking Tony Todd to basically be like their version of Satan. Yeah, that was Gary awesome. That was fucking awesome. There are a lot of what the hell's going on up there? Um, a lot of great voice actors in that. 
Um, I mean, Sarah Michelle Geller is Tila. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I did get a chuckle out of the the quick cameo by Jay Muse in there playing uh, Stinkor. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. And uh, the, the other two, you, you have not watched the new He-Man, have you? No. It's good. And what, isn't it? Is it Henry Rollins? Yeah. That is Triclops, who is like the, the, the techno Jesus? Yeah. I love that. That is so great. There's so much cool shit happening in there. And then um, the final moments of episode five is just a holy shit factor. That was great. Just when you think that some of the former villains have turned a new leaf. All shit breaks loose. and, And it's it was very well thought out. Like the mythology, like how, how the jumping off point from the original series and what they've done with it. And it's so much fun to just go through it and try and pick out the voices. Yep, I agree. Because, I mean, we've got Mark Hamill. We've got Kevin Conroy. The fucking Batman is in there. Um, Justin Long was a voice in there. Yep. Yeah, I was just looking at it on uh, the Wicca. Yes. And I mean, you're going to get the, the greatest hits of all of Kevin Smith's friends. They're all in there. <laughs> um, and his daughter, his daughter's, in there. I'm surprised his wife didn't have a hand in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she doesn't get involved in this shit very often. Does she? She's in the movies. Is she? I never noticed she was in the movies. I had no she idea. was in strike back. She was one of the, the cat burglars. Okay. She was Missy. Um, she was in clerks too. She was Dante's uh, fiance that he fucked around on. I didn't know that. Yep. And then she was in Reboot. She was the manager at the movies that Silent Bob fucked. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, she, she's done time in the movies. So I was surprised. And she's done podcasts with him. They used to do Plus One. It was the two of them. What's her name? Jennifer Schwalbach. Mrs. Smith. Right. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, that was not a good movie. I like it. I didn't like it. Good action, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as Angelina, with anything, Kevin Smith, I loved it at the yeah. Masters as well. I bet. Uh, yes. Angelina Jolie could sit in a room in a chair and do nothing, and I would watch it. Hmm. I, I did definitely like the Dominatrix outfit scene. That was definitely okay with me. Now I have to add this to the list so we can link to that too, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. People are going to look at these links and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so speaking, of that, speaking of Netflix, I, uh, I watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, you, you did? It. I did. It's on my list. Before yeah, my, watch it. my shit, my shit runs out. It's Along with fun. Army of the Dead, it's a good movie. It was, it was it's a fun. fun. Movie. Yeah, yep. I enjoyed it. I watched nice. it. Good. I like, I like uh, Karen. Is it Gillen? Gillian. Yep. Right. Amy Pond. Yes. Yep. I'm looking to you, Hugh, for the pronunciation on that one. Uh, Karen Gillen. Thank you. To me, she's <laughs> Nebula or. The chick in the really short shorts from Jumanji. Uh, Ruby Roundhouse. 
she played. She'll always part. be Amy Pond to me. She was in Doctor Hugh. Doctor Who, if you guys don't know, she wasn't in Doctor Hugh. I don't think. So I would <laughs> give you would props for that one. Yeah. <laughs> You'd give me props if she fucked me. You seen I, her? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, talking about um, fun movies. Because it, I mean, that's what it sounds like. And Corbs, would you say Gunpowder Milkshake is just a fun movie? Yeah, it's just a fun movie. Um, I ran across a uh, series of fun movies the past week. Um, there's some super, super independent films. It's uh, the Hotel Inferno series. Now, uh, there are three movies so far. I'm not sure how many are planned, but basically, the idea behind this is: imagine if if they made a Doom video game movie. But Hollywood didn't fuck it up. It starts off with a hitman hired to um, to kill somebody. But you actually, the entire thing's first person. And throughout the entire movie, or all three movies so far, you only hear the guy's you know voice. You don't see him. Because it literally is first person, the whole thing. And it is, eventually, you know, what looks like just a regular hitman thing devolves in him ending up in hell and having to find five seals in order to return to earth to try to to defeat and so he's in hell fighting demons and shit and this is all practical effects all super super ridiculously gory like you can't let your kids watch this it's fucking awful um it's it's but here's the thing they're playing it straight they're not, yeah yeah some of the effects aren't as good as hollywood's effects but you can tell that the people making these uh, are they love this they're putting their heart and soul into these. They want to make a gore, splatter, crazy video game type movie. And nice. I, I just devoured the first three. And it's literally like there's the setup in the first movie. And then the next two movies, each one is him getting one of the seals. Like, you know, it's, it's like each movie is a level. So the landscape changes. You know, it's like, you know, the, the last one, it's kind of like the ice level uh, of a video game. I, really 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 freaking cool i mean so some of the stuff they can come up with yeah you can tell by looking at it that if hollywood did it it looked a lot better but it's still great and, and you're gonna have a hard time finding these movies they're 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 tough to get a hold of unless you, unless you order them right from necrovision which is the company that makes them because um, they're for uh, they're foreign movies but I, I don't know if they did english voiceovers or if they recorded them in english uh but they're certainly available that way um check it out it's good nice if you're into that kind of thing you know what else was pretty over the top gory? What's that? The Suicide Squad. It was. Loved it. It, it, it was great. It was so much fun. I watched it last night. Such a good movie. It actually it, it moved me enough to actually tweet from the GeekPod account to James Gunn and call him a magnificent twisted bastard. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was so good. I'm sorry. Did- magnificent twisted genius is what I went with. Yes. There were, it was weird too. The sound design of the movie was, was different because you noticed there were a lot of spots where there was no music, where it felt like there should be music. Yes. Um, but it seems like it was done on purpose. And then the spots that have music are great, but oh my God. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I, I, Corbs, Kev, both of you need to watch this movie. It is oh, so I good. Definitely will. I definitely Amazing. will. And, and yeah. hilarious. Kev and, hasn't had a little, hasn't had much time right now. <laughs> I like the first one. I mean, a, a lot of people are down on the first one, but I like the first one. I so went I'm into the, the first I'm one with very one. low expectations, so I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Um, 
But I mean, you cannot go wrong. First of all, the movie opens with Johnny Cash and Folsom Prison Blues. They had me right there. And then the first person we see is Michael Rooker. So <laughs> I was sold on that. Yeah. Um, just know if you guys haven't watched it yet, um, what you start with is not what you end with. Yeah, a lot of phenomenal people die. You know what? I was shocked. I'm looking for Nathan Fillion throughout the entire film to find out he was a TDK. I had no mm-hmm. idea. They they take a very recognizable actor and they put a helmet on him so you don't even know who he is. Yes. I knew by the voice. As soon as he spoke, I knew that was Fillion. Um, but that's so good. So much cool stuff. And like halfway through the movie almost switches gears, wouldn't you say, Hugh? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Great. Great movie. I couldn't be happier. Again, gun knocks out of the park. This is on par with Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely. As good as those. I mean, it's like that level of good. Definitely. Just with so much more over-the-top violence. Yeah. And please tell me you caught Lloyd Kaufman's cameo in it. I I didn't. No. You didn't. Oh, my God. Lloyd Kaufman of Trauma fame. Um, He evolved. Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the ones that people would know. Uh, Trauma, uh, was that Toxic Avenger? Was that yes, another? Yeah. Toxie, yeah. Um, Sherry's going to kill us because of one she was in that we're, we're forgetting. Scary Sherry. It was something to do with the high school. Newcomb High. Thank you. She was part two, I believe, right? Yeah. That's how we met her. I think uh, I <laughs> I mean, we have two, definitely parts two and part three. What uh, what was his part? Um, when they're in that bar, he he oh. walks by as they're walking by them, and I just I did a triple take. It's fucking <laughs> Uncle Lloyd. <laughs> uh, also, John Ostrander, famous comic book writer, has a cameo in it. Didn't catch that either. He is the one that injects uh Rooker's character at the beginning of the movie with the the brain bomb. I'm not giving away anything that means anything to you guys. Trust me. Uh, but phenomenal movie. Um, I can see where they can spin it into a sequel. Definitely. Um, I heard they're making a Peacemaker show. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think that's already, they're already done. They've wrapped on season one on that as far as I know. Have they? Yeah. Uh, I was wondering how that was going to work for a while. So was I. Yep. <laughs> Loved his character though. Oh my I, God. He was so funny. He was great in that movie. I love him. I, th- I think that that, and along with the TV show, if it's as good, might be the uh, the breakout role he's been looking to kind of make the next take the next step. You mean I, not I think- Toretto's brother? That's not that's not going to be his role. That's <laughs> no, uh, you know, I mean, he's kind of been in the Rock shadow because you know the Rock kind of made it big, but he had a couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first Scorpion King. It was good. Yeah. Looked like he was going to go right back to wrestling, and that was it. You know, it took a few tries. Um, Cena yeah. definitely uh, showed that he can knock it out of the park. Yeah, the right material phenomenal, and apparently very true to the comic, from what I understand. So, what was that one you... awesome movie that Cena made? The the what the one? The Marine. The, the Marine. Marine. Yeah, I love that movie. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that movie. I'm absolutely joking. 
I'm absolutely joking. It's one of the worst movies you'll ever see. Yeah. And they it's, went and made a bunch of sequels with other wrestlers. With other wrestlers. Yes. That's yeah, horrible. Yeah. Ted DiBiase did the second one, and then The Miz did the next four. They made six of them. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. The first one was released in the theaters, and everyone after that was a direct to video. Oh. Direct to Walmart. I've you never know, seen they, the sequels. They did that shit for The Marine. But they totally buried Kane, see no evil. That's actually a decent horror movie. I heard that was a good horror movie. Yeah. It should have turned into a franchise. Well, he went on to politics. So the only reason they could have possibly made sequels for the Marines is because of how bad people were talking about it. And they must have done it as a joke. I don't know. I I haven't seen any of them. I I knew like WWE films like did that entire series, and that tells you everything you need to know right there. 12 rounds too. He, that was another one he did 12 rounds. They did two sequels to that. Was he in all of them? No. He did that firefighter movie too recently. Play, play with fire. That's what it is. That's a comedy. That was supposedly all right. It was bad. It cost I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anything hey. other than the Suicide Squad that he's been in. You Not know, Paul, it, what was with the, the close-up on his junk at that one point? I mean, we... We got the joke of the tidy whiteies without that. <laughs> I think that's James Gunn. <laughs> I think that that's what he does. <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, I, I didn't need that. And apparently Laura said the same thing. She posted to Facebook that there was way too much of John Cena in his underwear in that. <laughs> so if Laura's saying that, that's that's saying something. I'm just gonna say it. So but oh my god, he does. He steals that movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. The 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 lines he has and, and the shit he does. Oh my god. Smaller bullets. <laughs> oh. Um um, so the only other thing that I have watched that um because I've got a lot of stuff on the list that's a keep your heads up kind of thing. But the other one that I've watched is Marvel's What If. What if I'd had time to watch that today? <laughs> yeah. I watched it right before we started recording. Um, it, it, it's predictably... It's good, but uh, it's very predictable on what they start you off with, and it's the Captain Carter story. Uh, what if Peggy got the Super Soldier Serum instead? What did you think of it, Corbs? Because you said you watched it. I did watch it. It was a little... Uh... It was good, but it was a little strange. I mean, it basically followed the same the same story as Captain America, only instead of him him being Captain America, she's like Captain Carter. Yeah. But yeah, but it's like she's like got the British flag on her chest and stuff like that. Almost Captain Britain. (laughs) Yeah. What what actress played that role? Was it the same actress? Yeah, yeah, it was Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. She, she voiced her. Yeah, because what if is animated? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all it's all going to be animated. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. I, I, I mean, you kind of. I was kind of wondering like how the just the Winter Soldier part was going to play out in there, but it really kind of didn't. Right. I was kind of. That was. I was kind did, of. Kind of. Did you catch the line though? Yeah, by him, by her pulling him back up and him ripping his arm off or something like that. Jeez, he almost ripped my arm off. Yeah, okay, I didn't catch that. 
I laugh like a moron when he said that. And everyone else is just looking at me. It's, and it was it was his it was the arm that he loses. Yes. Uh, yep. He should have lost. Yes. Yeah, should have lost, yeah. And the end, and we're not gonna give the end away, Corbs. The yeah. end is the greatest payoff in that though, right? Yeah. Yeah. That literally in my house got an oh my god, Kylie mm-hmm. Kylie like freaked out at the end with, with the the um the guest stars at the end yeah 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 I don't want to give pretty- it away Hugh because when I don't want to ruin that ending for you okay yeah it was pretty cool I, I did like that but I'm, it, actually, I, I'm looking forward to I was uh, I'm actually looking forward to his um, series that's coming out. Okay. Oh, um, yes, that's yeah. gonna be good too. Shit, yeah, now I have to add that. God damn it, Corbs. Sorry. <laughs> now I gotta add that trailer. Well, Paul, since you're adding everything we talk about to the show notes, why don't we say that my news segment was brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar Mango? It's there you delicious. go. How much you get it on there? <laughs> if you, you can get them that. to write us a check. <laughs> oh, so all these other things in show notes are writing us checks? No, I at least referenced that stuff though. Um. <laughs> that but it's so far it's a good start to what if yeah uh and i'll be interested next week hugh to see what you think of it okay um do we know what the next episode is going to be i don't um i'm hoping it's the zombie episode though they okay. they didn't say anything i even watched through the credits just to see if it was going to do anything and there's nothing after the credits or during the credits. Also, um, when you guys watch Suicide Squad, there is a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. Wow. Yes. Yep. And the end credit scene is necessary. Definitely. Agreed. Mid credit scene is just fucking funny. <laughs> also agreed. <laughs> He was one of my favorite characters at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, by I the way. really wanted to see. Yeah, he, I'd love to see more of that character. He's yes. So funny. And I just love the fact that Sean Gunn gets gets to have some fun in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So, anything else you guys want to jump onto before I get into the heads up stuff for for streaming? Yeah, I know Kevin because you've had so much time to watch TV. I'm really not complaining. I'm no, you should You look like you had a good time. I'm very happy to have had the weather to be able to get out and, and do some fun stuff. So I really, at this point, you know, gaming and streaming is not at the top of my list of things to do. As it should be. Corbs, have you been watching anything or do you want me to go into the stuff that we're looking ahead to? I mean, I watched a, another movie this uh, last week called The Doorman with Ruby Rose. The doorman. Yeah, I love her. It was on. It's on Amazon Prime. It's now free. I was free on there. Um, she's a a former vet that uh, has a little PTSD and gets a job as a doorman to to like a prestige hotel or apartment building that her brother-in-law and niece and nephew live in. Married guys married to her sister. Her sister was killed in a car accident. Um, they they guys come in to rob the place. It's got stars uh, Ruby Rose is in it, and then the other big actor is uh, Jan Reno. The the professional. 
Yes. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. See, it I thought good. you said Janet Reno. Like the I was like, what the fuck is she doing acting in anything? So, I have got to see this. Yeah, it was a good movie, Kev. It's a, you, you'll enjoy it. So. So I my first experience with Ruby Rose was in the um um was it the first or second one? Um John Wick too. John Wick. Oh, it was the second one, John Wick, yep. yeah. She's the she's the mute. Yes. Uh, defending the 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 guy. Yep. And uh, they have a pretty intense fight scene. Yeah. I have yet to see any of those movies. You know. She's, She's got a very interesting backstory that she published on her uh, Instagram. Nice. I think we've talked about that. Yeah. I think actually you brought that up once, guys. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check that one out too, the doorman. But what do we have coming on the horizon, guys? We have Stargirl season two. You've already watched episode one. It, it dropped yesterday, yep. Tuesday. Uh, I haven't gotten to it because I chose Suicide Squad and What If because there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, I've heard good things. Yeah, I've heard the I've, first episode was really good. Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail. I mean, I know. No I appreciate one, that. These that's guys a, aren't going to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good start to the season. You're you're not going to be disappointed. Awesome. Uh, hey, wait, where's where do you get where do you watch Star Girl? It's on uh, the CW. CW. Yeah. Okay. And once the season is over, then it will show up on HBO Max. They don't have HBO Max. Okay. I can help you fix that if you want. Um, and also on HBO Max is uh, coming Thursday, which would have uh, be yesterday for those of you watching the show. Um, Titans season three. Mm. Cannot wait for I Titans. Know. All I gotta say is Red Hood. Just yeah. Corbs, where are you at? I know you started into it. Um, so season I've just season one. I think uh, I've got the first maybe two or three episodes in. I got a couple of them taped or DVR, so I gotta watch them. Oh, that's right. You need to meet up with me because I have the the seasons on on Blu-ray for you. Okay. I forgot about that. We so can get we you can caught up. At, maybe we can meet at Stewart's or something like that. Right. It'll have to be tomorrow because I'm in the office on Friday. <laughs> um, and finally, the only other thing that's on my radar is the final season of The Walking Dead. I'm looking forward to it. Um, hoping they go out on, excuse me, on a high note. And do we still think that this is going to roll into movies? There's only one way this ends. Everybody dying? Nope. They're trying to cure the exact same way the comic book ends. Just so anticlimactically, it's just gonna end. The last scene, somebody's gonna be picking a fucking tomato, and somebody else is gonna be drawing a bucket of water, and then somebody else is walking out the front gate. You're gonna watch Norman Norman Reedus's head as he walks over into wherever, gonna go see his girlfriend, and that's the end of it. You know, Uh, you know, though, Kev, you're, you're, I get what you're saying. Uh, but I have to disagree because they can't end the story the way the comic book ended because they're spinning off with more shows, you know, like the Daryl and Carol spinoff. So I, I that's I mean, true. Yeah, well, so why not? First, 
because they're not they're not going to do a flash forward because that's how the comic ended with a flash forward you won't do a flash forward if you're also spinning off these two characters in like at the end of this season is when they go off and they start their show so they're they're hamstrung by that i didn't know i didn't know that about the comic book all i'd heard was that it just ended i didn't hear anything about a flash forward yeah yeah it uh the, the comic book um Big character everybody knows so fuck it it's, it's not a spoiler it's been a while anymore. yeah um rick gets rick dies in a very very unheroic way they flash forward like 20 years and carl is married to sophia and he they've got a kid and he's reading her a book about the uh the, the legend of rick grimes and how he uh-huh. helped save civilization which may be how they eventually end all of this but it's not going to happen in the final season of walking dead right that's that's actually that's actually a finish that is not anything like anything i heard about the end of the comic books from from several people i heard oh he just ended it it wasn't oh no it got finished and this is how it got finished oh it was that's a finish that's a finish that's not just an ending yeah, he just didn't tell anybody that it was finishing you know nobody knew until the day before the comic oh fucking where (laughs) <laughs> and it was actually a perfect ending see i still haven't read it i think i have it but i no. did i get it or not i don't remember i don't know if you got it you you picked it up you went i picked no. it up for you no you no got that's the one you went overseas for right yep. yeah does the comic book ever explore how or why you know no. where the virus came from or nothing no. didn't they do something for halloween once yeah like uh yeah they did aliens or something yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually canon or not, though. I don't think so. Timeline is that it? Huh? Never mind. Anyway, um, what do you think? Do you think we should just uh, wrap this up with some wisdom nuggets? Might as well drop your nuggets. All right. <clears throat> if we're not meant to have midnight snacks, why is there a light in the fridge? Good night, everybody, and mega money, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production.